श्री गुरुवैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय श्री राधाष्टमी महामोत्सवती की जाय गौत भक्त वृंद की जाय गौत प्रेमानंद गुड मॉर्निंग एवरीवन एंड वेलकम टू द राधाष्टमी फेस्टिवल हियर एट हावडारिया एंड Ashram Marsh led our program yesterday evening with a class. Did he mention Radharani in the class? <laughs> so that was our introduction, and then uh, this morning we'll discuss a bit. Um, I've got before me the Gopal Tapani Upanishad, and. Uh, We'll speak a little bit from uh, one of the verses there, among other things, and in the context of that, we're going to bring out some of the um, uh, significance of Sri Radha in our sect, in our lineage, and um, this morning's discussion will also. Uh, segue into the significance of the initiation, both Harinam and Mantra Diksha that we're giving out to, to students this morning. And then this evening, we'll, we'll gather again after the Aratik and we'll discuss something from uh, Radhakrishna Leela. And in that context, also bring out the, the glory of Radha as much as we can in a limited amount of time available. So, today, the Radhasmi, today is also happens to be the, uh, the optom- autumnal equinox. So, the, the changing of the seasons is officially taking place today from summer to fall to autumn. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's an auspicious day. Um, the day in which the day and the night, the night and the day, are of equal lengths. Hmm? Reminds us of the um, equality of love of Radha and Krishna. Radha, Krishna, Pranay. Uh, Surupdhamada writes in Krishna Skabirar Society this Radha, Krishna, Pranay. Vikutiladini Shakti Rasmad. It's a verse, of course, with Nuchi is describing. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but in order to explain Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he has to first explain Krishna and Radha, and uh, how, if we look closely at Krishna, we look a little closer, and closer still, we see he's not alone, he's with Radha. Radha is the pranai, vikritiya, pranai vikritiya, means, vikriti means like a transformation, Pranay means love, so she is a transformation of Krishna's love, personifying uh, before him, hmm? that he might have an object to repose his loving propensity in, and she thereby becomes uh, the, the love that reposes itself in him. So, Pranay. Pranay means love. Pranay means 
it indicates some kind of equality <coughs> in love. It, it, the, the equality in which one feels one with one's um, beloved or lover. That there's no difference between your body and mine. So if we're walking down the street um, and somebody touches us, we go, Ooh. and they go, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. And uh, <laughs> but in love, that doesn't happen. Hmm? Uh, someone rests there. That the someone uh, one half of the couple rests their feet on the lap of another. Hmm. Uh, there's no uh, offense. Your body is mine. Something like that. This is the feeling of love, wherein one extends oneself entirely into the other, and vice versa. So there's a unity of love in Radha and Krishna, kind of an equality in 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 love. Hmm. So we're reminded of that with the the uh, equalities of the day and the night, the dark and the light. Hmm. Sham, Bodhi. Sham, Krishna is dark like the night, and Radha is bright uh, like like the sun. Hmm? Uh, she dissipates darkness of ignorance hmm? and shines light on on the, the dark mystery that is Krishna. Hmm? Uh, reveals. The mystery that is, that is Krishna. How he is human-like, but actually divine. Hmm? Giving us entrance into his divine play where she is the uh, operative power hmm? that makes that play kind of go, go around, if you will. Hmm? It's the rod Astami. Astami means uh, the eighth day, so she... Uh, appears on the eighth day of the waxing moon. So in seven days the moon will be full. And she appears on the eighth day of the waxing moon, whereas, and not a full moon day, whereas Krishna appears the previous month on the eighth day of the waning moon, as the moon becomes full with the appearance of Balaram, the Baladev Purnim, and in eight, eight, eight days, as it begins to, to wax and become smaller, Krishna has uh, his appearance. And then as now we approach the full moon of the next month, in eight days, eight days of the waning of the waxing moon, as the moon becomes more full, we celebrate the Radhastami. So this, <laughs> most of the... Uh, 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 manifestations of divinity that we uh, celebrate in our Hindu and Gaudiya Vaishnav calendar are appearing on the full moon. Hmm. Uh, but Radha and Krishna are appearing on, well, eighth of the waning and the waxing. Put the two together and we get a full moon. This is the idea. We get the full picture if you put them together. So, She's named, of course, Radha in the Leela after a particular constellation. It was a custom, uh, we're told, amongst the parents of the daughters of the Braja Leela, the Leela, Krishna's pastoral Leela, 
it was a custom of the parents to name their daughters after the daughters of Prachapati Daksha. Hmm? It was a, an interesting figure in the in, in the Bhagavatam, a progenitor. He had many, many, many sons and daughters. Of them, he with different wives, and uh, he among those wives is Panchajani, whom he uh, fathered twenty-seven daughters with, and uh, they correspond with different phases of the moon. They all in the in the uh, uh, Hindu lore became uh, wives of Chandra, wives of the moon. So the different phases of the moon, corresponding constellations and so forth. Amongst them is the Radha constellation. Hmm? So like the other girls, she's named after one of the uh, wives of Daksha, as was the custom. And of course her name has great significance. It uh, it, it um, Aradhika and Aradhya. Mostly she's known as Aradhya, who uh, is the best worshipper. This comes out in the Bhagavatam, and we'll, we'll discuss it this evening. But Aradhika also means who is the most worshipable. This is the secret of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Both are secrets. Hmm. That there is one who embodies the entirety of worship, of love, with which the perfect object of love corresponds. So if we're going to find the highest ideal of divinity, the highest, uh, uh, the most complete figure of the divine, and there are many aspects, manifestations of divinity from different avatars and uh, in great devotees to powerful manifestations of nature, for example, as mentioned in the Gita, of immovable things, I am the Himalayas, of bodies of water, I am the ocean. This is just a limited list, he says, Ekam stenas tito jagat. This is a spark of my, my splendor, indicating that any powerful uh, manifestation of nature is a representation of himself. Therefore, we'd like to say, in Northern California, I am the Redwood. Mm-hmm. So this is the idea. And if we, we have the experience that when we come before a very powerful manifestation of nature, if we drive from here out to the coast in Elk and you reach the, sh- you reach the coast there, it's very breathtaking hmm? to see where the land meets the water and the cliffs and the black sand and so forth. Or as I say, if you go down into the into the valley here along the river where the redwoods get much bigger than up here on the hilltop. They're big enough up here, but down there are so big. Take many people taking hands to, holding hands to circle the trunk and they've, they're towering tall and standing for a thousand, maybe at least 1,500 years. And we think, we're caused to think what they have seen how many people have laid claim on the land here? Hmm? Only for them to watch the, the, the claim change, the claim change hands, and we, and we are brought into the insight by the power of nature. If we contemplate it, hmm? this connection, the age of the of the redwoods, their experience of so many claiming, make claiming proprietorship over the land, we come, of course to the profound insight that it doesn't belong to anyone. Hmm? 
Indeed, uh, nothing belongs to me. And the I, as I like to say, that is a product of our sense of my. This is a false I. This I will not endure. Nothing belongs to us and everything will be taken away, which is the evidence of that by the wheel of time, as the sun is sometimes thought, by the hand of God, providence. So when everything's taken away, everything that I thought was mine, the I that was formed on the basis of those mys, those attachments, and false sense of proprietorship, it goes with it. It's as much here today and gone tomorrow as all the things around us that we consider erroneously to be ours. So the point here is that powerful manifestations of nature like this, that Krishna says are representative of me, they afford us an opportunity to have some epiphany, some just insight into our smallness. If you walk, for example, in the valley, as I've often said, amongst the redwoods down here, you get the feeling like, I'm not the subject here, uh, I'm the object. <laughs> then they are the subject. So this this is a huge shift. This is the kind of shift that we want to be involved in and um, uh, complete the shift from thinking myself to be the subjects and the Lord over all that I uh, survey and seeing nature as that which I use for my purpose. It being mine and I being uh, the subject that is to be served by nature and so forth. We want to come out from under that. And the way which we do that, of course, in bhakti is by way of positing who the actual proprietor is. Speaking as we are as to our own um, poverty, hmm? beggars, nothing really belongs to us. And the thought from there should come, well, who does it belong to? If we say nothing belongs to us, that's a little incomplete. Hmm? So to whom it all belongs? Hmm. Knowledge of the proprietorship of another over a thing should diminish the tendency within us to try to enjoy it for ourselves. If we're standing in line in a, in a store and somebody drops a $20 bill and we know it just fell out of his wallet, then the tendency to pick it up and take it for ourselves will be diminished by our knowledge of who it actually belongs to. And we have a little bit of honesty and decency to pick it up and say, I think you dropped this, this is yours. If we find it just blowing in the wind, we'll think, God sent me a $20 bill, it's, it's mine. <laughs> Something like that. So in, 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 in bhakti, we don't have a forced type of, a uh, forced methodology for realizing that nothing belongs to us by uh, way of uh, embracing uh, extreme uh, austerities and foregoing um, things and relationships and friends and uh, and so forth. Rather, we bring the proprietor, actual proprietor, into the picture and then we uh, see things and people and relationships in relation to him and in, engage with things, with people, with friends, in relationships and so forth for the purpose 
of fostering our relationship with, uh, with the Absolute, with Krishna. And the result of this is that another and an enduring identity comes to the surface. This false identity based on false proprietorship, I am Californian, so, or I am a man, or I am a woman, or I am in between, or I am uh, you know, a Volvo person, or a Marlboro man, or whatever our attachments are, all these, uh, these eyes and mys, this is uh, dissipated, dissolved in the context of bhakti, uh, and simultaneously, as, as the, the letting go takes place with knowledge of the proprietorship, who is very beautiful and has many charming qualities, hmm, very uh, worthy of our, our attention and so forth, if we hear about him, then um, a relationship and that with him, an identity based on attachment to him, starts, starts to form. Hmm. And this is then an enduring identity, hmm. and um, a charming one, no doubt, because it affords us the opportunity to enter into his play and to never grow up, so to speak, as Peter Pan, you know, kind of thought of it, um, which is which is a nice idea, <laughs> if you will. But to be a very imagine if you could be a wise child. Hmm. If you, <laughs> hmm? Okay, okay. I don't. I missed that one, but yeah. So something like that. If you could be a wise child, a lost lost boy, a wise child. Hmm. All the wisdom you've cultivated all over all over your all your so many years, and then uh, then have the youth. Uh, at the same time, this is something. Uh, give us some idea of what that swarup, that identity in Krishna Leela is. To be such, it's a based on wise, very wise love, and affords us entrance into the carefree life of of Krishna. He is the supreme controller, the supreme deity, controlling by love, by affection, hmm? which is the most powerful uh, vehicle for controlling. We can control with the mind and manipulate people psychologically. We can control physically by our brute strength, hmm? uh, but not as comprehensively, not as subtly, and certainly not as charmingly and beautifully as we can control by love. As I said before, the more we control by love, hmm, the less we appear as a controller. Hmm? Thus, Krishna is the supreme controller, but he doesn't appear as such. He's playing his flute. He doesn't have any big weapons or anything like the other gods or goddesses. He only has one head and two hands and, and, uh, and so forth. He doesn't appear overtly like the controller. Indeed, he appears controlled by love, particularly by the love of Radha, hmm? by Bhakti. But actually, he's, he's, he is the supreme control, the supreme uh, uh, deity. So, amongst all manifestations of divinity, hmm, uh, he's partially represented in them, in the redwood, in the ocean, hmm, in the Shiva, in the Brahma, hmm, in the Jesus, in the um, Muhammad, hmm, in the Buddha. Hmm. This is not a sectarian claim as much as it is an objective analysis 
of the measure, the extent to which divinity is represented in such um, manifestations. We, we, we do bring out a yardstick of, of objectivity to support our claim, Krishna's too, Bhagavan Swayam, but Krishna's the full, uh, what is this, Akila Rasamrita Murti, the full face of love, hmm? the very heart of divinity. We look at the Buddha, for example, we find he's the wisdom, the wisdom of, oh, yeah, that the world is about suffering, he taught, and that suffering is fostered by desire. Hmm? Though therefore he said, stop desiring and stop suffering. <laughs> Sounds wise, but it's not easy to do. <laughs> but you think about it, as, as much as you desire something, as much as you suffer. And then you've got to get up and get, go get it, figure out how to get it, and, and so forth. And of course, once you get it, it starts to slip through your hands, to one extent or another. Or it might slip through your hands. You just got the best guy on the block, or the best, you know, girl, or uh, the best job, or whatever. But it could be taken away. It's possible. I struggled hard to get that, and I'll have to worry that it won't uh, slip through my hands. And of course, stop worrying because it will, <laughs> in due course. Hmm? So, like Krishna says in the Gita, well, the world he told Arjuna is about suffering, nukalayam. And Arjuna said, well, I like it. What if I like it? He says, then ashashvatam. Mm -hmm. You can't keep it. So if you like it, but you can't keep it, it's even worse. <laughs> it's more problematic. Hmm? So, so if we anyway, analyze objectively the different manifestations of divinity, we find something of Krishna in all of those manifestations. But in Krishna, we find something that's not in all of those manifestations very romantic heart of divinity. And here is divinity, the, the supreme object of love, the supreme controller. doesn't appear like a controller at all. I've said before that, that if you want to play, you have to have some power. Hmm? If you want to take a vacation in the most comfortable and expedient way, then you'll fly from, you know, Los Angeles to San Francisco. But if you don't have enough power, hmm, enough money, you have to take the Greyhound bus. Hmm? It's not as comfortable. Hmm? So, <laughs> so in order to play, you have to have some power. <laughs> if you want to take the vacation at all, you have to have had some money in the bank, you have to have worked and so forth. So he who is only playing as Krishna is experienced and depicted in the sacred text, he's only playing. Hmm? We think, if we're intelligent, oh, he has all power. Hmm? He has all power at his disposal. Only playing. Hmm? And he plays so hard. Hmm? Play means that you, you pretend, in a sense. Hmm? Play is a kind of a pretense to, to, to step back from reality. Let's just play for a while hmm? and pretend we don't have anything to do <laughs> in this world we do, of course. So he is, his leela is a pretense. He's pretending not to be God and he pretends so well that he thinks he's not. Hmm? <laughs> he, actually, he actually believes his, his, his play. Hmm? 
So Krishna is more not God than he is God because he plays the role of uh, a cowherder hmm, for the sake of intimate uh, intimacy with his devotees and to the extent that he thinks and is in reality more the son of Jashoda, the, the, the object of Radha's love, than he is the supreme God meditated on by, on, on by the yogis and worshipped by the big sacrificers for uh, material gain and so forth. These are smaller things. Before he says to the gopis at Kurukshetra, what is that verse? Um, people approach me for, for eternal life, for things. This is not very endearing to me. This is kind of boring. Well, the way you have approached me. Mai bhakti ributanam. Mai bhakti ributanam. Amritatvaya kalpate. People approach me for eternal life. And so this is, you know, I give it and, and, and get them out of my way as they want. But, what, and that's thought to be a big thing, eternal life, to attain eternality, to transcend death, end the death problem. This is the problem. So then what more could there be? He said, oh, there's so much more. But most people are not interested in that. They're not interested in me, but what I have to offer, what I could give. I could give things, or I could give an end to your attachment to things that perpetuates life of birth and death. Or I could give myself. No, we're not interested in that. We just want the things, or we want eternal life. He says, you gopis, you want me. Hmm? That's very extraordinary. This kind of ideal. This is the ideal of Ragnuga Bhakti, Rag Bhakti. To have that kind of ideal, this should be the center of our sadhana, center of our spiritual practice. I want to enter into that lila. Hmm? Because in that lila, that is, that is, the, that is where... Self-sacrifice reaches the pitch of self-forgetfulness hmm? altogether. It is the full measure of giving. There the, f- the greatest gain can be found. Hmm? Krishna is lost in such a leela. Hmm? So if we analyze objectively, and I'm just doing, of course, very briefly, the Goswamis have done this at great length, citing the sacred texts and, and logic uh, uh, scriptural logic, so to speak, to, to examine, and in the course of that, examine all the different manifestations of divinity and come to the conclusion, Akila Rasamrita Muti, Krishna's Tu Bhagavan Swayam. Krishna's the full face of divinity, the very heart of the, of the Absolute. Charm and beauty, these are, the, we heard this morning, much more attractive than, than uh, knowledge and power Gyan and karma. Hmm? These are the things we're really after, if we think about it. If we get power hmm, to acquire things, we will not be satisfied. And if we become, get full knowledge also hmm, as to the temporary nature of acquisition, the folly of acquisition, hmm, and how it makes my life only more comfortable rather than free. And I get the freedom from things through knowledge. I still haven't got love. 
It's not power. It's not knowledge that we're after. If we study the human condition, it's love that we're after. Hmm? And only when power and knowledge are subordinated to love are they really meaningful. Do they really have a meaningful application? Pujapad Sridharmarsh gave the example that in the Himalayas where the Ganges comes forth from the, from the, the uh, glacier, hmm? And it comes comes down the Himalayas. It's it's heading to the Bay of Bengal. That's where it will enter. There are other streams coming off the glacier and other glaciers and so forth. But not all of them make it to the Bay of Bengal. But if they connect to the Ganges, then they'll go there. So if our tendency to own and control and uh, to know the two tracks on which material life runs, acquiring things. And then the knowledge of their futility and giving them up. Hmm? This is called boga and tyag. Hmm? Karma and jnana. If they enter the stream of bhakti, then they have utilization. Then they have meaning. They become beautiful then. Then they can enter the Bay of Bengal. Hmm? They become maidservants of the, uh, the bride of, of bhakti. Hmm? Something like that. Hmm? Uh, so Krishna, the full face of divinity, hmm? the uh, and controlling by love and controlled by love, hmm? and the love of Radha is the supreme uh, example of that love. As he is the supreme uh, object of love, then she is the manifestation of the supreme love. And the two are one. They're kind of, I want to say, two bodies, one soul. Mahabhav Rasaraj Duyek Rupa. Krishna Das has said it in, uh, nicely in Bengali. Mahabhav, the, the, full, the, the fullest measure of love and self-sacrifice. Rasaraj, the king of, of love himself. Rasaraj Mahabhav Dui Eka Rupa. Hmm? Two in uh, in one form, that is Chaitanya. So as I was saying, if you look at Krishna, we say, what do you see? I see Krishna. He's got a food. Is he beautiful? Yes, he's very he's very charming. And so, look closer. Look closer. What do you see? You see anything else? Oh, I see Radha. There is another. Makes him more charming. Hmm? Prabhupada used to say, Krishna, he's not so beautiful, but standing next to Radha, then he's very charming. That brings out the best in him. Hmm? Now we say, look closer. See anything else? Hmm? I see they are two, but I see that the two are actually one. Hmm? Pranai, in love for one another. Hmm? Keep looking. What do you see then? What is that oneness? The two become one form as Chaitanya. Hmm? means understanding Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the way to understand Radha and Krishna. Hmm? Hmm? Outside of this, some understanding will come, but not the full idea. Hmm? This is what Gaudiya Vaishnavism is giving uh, to the world. Hmm? So, hmm? we have the Krishna Janmashtami and the Radhastami, hmm? two 
partial moons coming together as the full moon. And today celebrated on the day of the day and the night of equal length that reminds us of the nature of their love for one another. This day also, the Radhastami, of course, uh, Radha was born the year following Krishna's birth in the Leela. And uh, she appeared on the day in his astrological chart that is the happiest day of his life. He looked at his chart. This is this is the day he will be the happiest. Happiest. This is the day she appeared. Hmm? The perfect object, uh, the perfect example of worship. So she is the um, ideal of devotion for us, and at the same time, at the same time, she is Aradika. She is the perfect object, uh, the, the, the most worshipable. Hmm? In other words, we're describing Krishna as the most worshipable, but we find that he's worshiping Radha. This is very extraordinary. Hmm? So, who is the perfect object of love? Who is the perfect lover? Hmm? And how the perfect object of love, Krishna, becomes devoted to the perfect lover, Radha. Hmm? So, suddenly, now, as Prabhupada used to say, all the religions are worshipping God and teaching that God is the most worshipable object, and we are teaching what is the most worshipable object of God. That is a very revolutionary idea. Hmm? As I like to say, people say, if you say that the world comes from God, they say, well, where's God come from? Hmm? Gotcha. Something like that. Of course, we know the world has an origin. That doesn't mean that God has an origin. We study the world, we know the world, has, the universe has to have an origin. But that doesn't necessarily mean that God has to have an origin. But he does, nonetheless. So, if Krishna is God, then who is the source of Krishna? We say, Radha. Who is the source of Radha? Krishna. Hmm? No problem. <laughs> One of the big theological and uh, cosmological questions have been answered. Hmm? Hmm. Source of the universe and the source of the source of the universe and its source and so on and so forth. Hmm? So, um, and today, as I mentioned, um, also we'll be giving initiation, both Harinam and, and, uh, and Mantra Diksha. And in the Nam Mantra and in the Diksha Mantra, Radha is also represented in a very prominent way. Hmm? The Nam Mantra that we chant, that was ordained by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In the through the pen of Vrindavan Das Thakur in his book Chaitanya Bhagwat. Chaitanya Bhagwat is the name of his book, very nice name. It indicates that the Bhagavatam is an ongoing affair. It has twelve cantos, eighteen thousand verses, but the, but if you study the Bhagavatam you see, well it had four verses. Krishna spoke four verses to Brahma, then it turned into this many verses and that many. And Sukadev uh, spoke it to Parikshit and Sonika spoke what he heard from Sukadev to, to, uh, to or, 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 or Sutta spoke to Sonika. And, and so there are many beginnings to the Bhagavatam, many readings, many retellings in the form of it which we have today. And the implication of that is that it's an ongoing 
hmm, story in the life of God which never ends. Hmm? And so the Chaitanya Bhagavad means that this is, this is an extension of the life of Bhagavan Sri Krishna, the natural extension of his life when he saw the measure of Radha's love for him in Rasalila. We'll discuss this this evening. He was startled. Hmm? He said, I have no experience of love that, to that extent. I have to taste that somehow. That's who I am. I'm the, I'm the Rasaraj. I have to taste Rasa to the full measure. I see that what she tastes is beyond anything that is in my experience. I must taste that. How will I do that? How, how can I do that? So this is the genesis then, the esoteric genesis of the Chaitanya Avatar. Hmm? In other words, Krishna's Leela needed to be extended. Like I said, Krishna Leela was a failure. The failure of Krishna Leela <laughs> in terms of affording Krishna the full experience of love that he thought, I'll take it to earth where humans love. Hmm? And I'll do my love Leela on location. Hmm? Added feature. Love is a fallen condition and so forth. We fall in love and so I'll go there. Hmm? There he enacted his Leela. He didn't need any props or anything. It was a natural human setting. Hmm? But still, reaching the height of that, the zenith of that, he felt, this isn't working. <laughs> Her love exceeds anything that I can experience in the context of this, this game, this play. I have to create another Leela. Hmm? I have to manifest another Leela to taste that. How will I do that? I have to somehow try to take her position. I have to be myself, but take her position. How will I do that? And so forth. And his complexion changes from dark to light. He enters uh, into the into the darkness of the Kali Yuga. What will happen to him? What will happen to the world? Swami Bhagavan, the supreme God, is checked out entirely. Hmm? When he becomes a sadhaka. Hmm? spiritual practitioner pursuing God and showing the way how to pursue her her love hmm? such a wonderful idea hmm? so Chaitanya Dev hmm, in teaching his in Chaitanya Bhagwat this is the the Leela of Chaitanya means the extension of the Leela of Krishna hmm? another day in the life of Bhagwan hmm? A very extraordinary day. I've compared it to a, a previously a, a, a reversible jacket. If you have a jacket that's black on the outside with golden stripes, on the inside it's gold with black stripes. So Krishna Leela and Gaur Leela are like the reverse jacket, something like this. Hmm? They're the same, but there's a little difference. Things are turned around a little backwards. Krishna has become the devotee. Hmm? Krishna is, is, is become the embodiment of Radha's love. So in Chaitanya Bhagavat, this, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught his students how to approach that. And the principal way, he said, was to chant this Mahamantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Sixteen words constitute of three names. Hare, Ram, and Krishna, all in the vocative case. The vocative case is the is the direct, is an directed a direct address. Hmm? 
uh, like um, dear dear John. Mm, it's a direct address. Mm. Um, so it 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 implies a very um, well direct method for knowing God. You know, there was a great bhakti uh, kind of renaissance and revolution in India at the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and many, many saints, sadhus, were advocating Nam, Nam, Guru Nanak, Kabir, Tukaram, all in more or less the same uh, time period, and others as well. And if we study those all advocates of Nam, Dharma, some form of Nam Dharma, in other words, a means of approaching and, you, and communing with God through the name of God, they advocated. This is a universal principle that's embraced by all religious traditions. In the beginning there was the Word, and the Word was God, and as the Bible says, and in the Jewish faith, the name of God is so sacred you're not supposed to say it, and, and so forth. So the sacredness of the Logos hmm, uh, represents the Godhead is, is a universal principle. In India, at the, at the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, there and about, there was quite a bit of this, uh, due to his influence, really, we all understand, uh, advocacy of Nam and, and the idea that this constitutes a, a means of directly connecting with God. Hmm? Whereas the religious orthodoxy, uh, under the influence of Shankar's Advaita Vedanta, the smartest and so forth, advocated, well, first you have to take birth as a Brahmin, next life, buddy, and then in that life you have to take sannyas, then you can have communion with God, with the, with the divine. Hmm? So there's a revolt against this. There's a sense that that uh, there may be a more direct method, hmm? and we are, after all, the parts and parcels of God and so forth. And so the nam, hmm? the descent of the name, and of course, in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching, we have the full Nam Dharma. This is the whole basis of his whole teaching. This is his main, the main practice that he advocated, and chanting out loud. And he gave these names. So there are different names. But he gave these names in this mantra. And this mantra, Nam Mantra, is found in the Kali Santarana Upanishad also. Itiso Rasakam Nam Nam Kali Kalmashanashanam. Sarva Vedeshudushite. This is the teaching of all the Vedas, if you look carefully. These 16 names. Uh, these three names arranged in this with 16 um, utterances uh, are the means of deliverance for the Kali Yuga. Hmm? Taraka Brahmanam. Hmm? And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu coming as he did, hmm? as, the, as Krishna, the extension of Krishna Leela in this particular descent that we are, our, our lineage is centered around. This is a very special descent of uh, Sri Krishna Chaitanya. Again, Krishna pursuing the love of Radha. So inside the conception, Nama Shrestam, the conception of the name. So one can chant this Hare Krishna mantra with different conceptions. One could think Ram, Krishna, Hari. And Ram means Ram Chandra, who was the, de the deity of Hanuman. And, uh, and Krishna means Krishna. And Hari is a is a name for Vishnu and, and, and so forth. Uh, so, but no, Mahaprabhu Sri Chaitanya Dev is giving Nam Shrestam. Raghunath Das said, Nam Shrestam, Apisachiputra Matra Swarupam. He said, Oh, I offer my obeisances to my Gurudev because 
through my guru, I got the highest conception of the name that was given by the son of Sachi, Sri Chaitanya. Hmm? Highest conception means what do these names mean? Hari, Hare, Krishna, uh, Ram. These are names of deliverance, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was taking the mantra for deliverance in Kali Yuga and woven it together hmm? with praying. Hmm? So that one gets delivered from material existence, but in the context of that, one develops praying. And, they are, and, and this is the wealth of Golok. Therefore, Narottam saying, Golok ke premadhan, harinam sankirtan, the very wealth of Golok. What is the wealth of Golok? It said, Chintamani, Prakarasadmasu, Kalpariksha, Lakshaviteshu, Surabhira, Vipalayantam. It said, the trees there are wish-fulfilling trees. Imagine if you had a tree and you could get anything from it you wanted. You went up and wished, and there it appeared. A car, a house, uh, a girlfriend, a boyfriend. Hmm? And the land is Chintamani. It's the philosopher's, made up of philosopher's stone, the stone that said, if you take it and you touch it to iron, it will turn iron into gold. Hmm. It means you can kind of do that philosophically, but practically it's hard. <laughs> or kamdenu, cows from whose udders anything can be milked out. And you think, I, let's go to that place. It's right? Let's go there. All our desires will be fulfilled. Hmm? But then, if you, so you start to study about the place. And then you find out, wait a minute, all the people that live there, why aren't they wishing for cars and boats and and other things from those trees and from those udders and from those Chintamani stones. They don't want anything there. This is fascinating. They could get anything from those and they don't want anything. So what do they have? Hmm? This is the dham, this is the wealth of Golok. It's called praying. Hmm? So fulfilled by Krishna praying. Amikachuchaina, amikachuchaina. They don't want anything else. When we can chant hmm, with this, hmm, what do we sing in the morning? Hmm? Last line of the Mongol song. Nitai. Hmm? <laughs> 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 then we sing it every morning. <laughs> we pray hmm, that, oh, Satyakodi. Magi ami, sukko malpran, tava priti bine nahi. That when, to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when I can actually say, I only want you. What can I actually say, really meaningfully, I only want you. I can say, I only want you. I have a heart, so many other full of desires. Hmm? Uh, keep saying it, and those will go away. One day you will say, I really only want you. I really only want you. This then the stage on which the drama of Krishna Lila will be performed has been erected. Sharanagati, surrender is complete. Hmm? I don't want anything else. Hmm? So this this will come by by chanting the holy name, he said. These names, hmm? the names 
Hare Krishna and Ram, given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the highest conception that takes us to Golok, and there are different places in Golok, different prop, different different options, different opportunities in Golok hmm, to love Krishna, different types of preem. And the highest ideal of the preem, of course, is Radha's preem, as we're describing, for Krishna. Hmm? And that is found in the name, the Mahamantra also. So Radha's name, this is my point, is also found in the Nam mantra that we'll give out. Krishna's name is there. Hmm? And Radha's name is there. How? Hari, then, this is uh, uh, a name for God who takes away, who steals. It is in the vocative case. Oh, Hari. Hmm? But, excuse me, Hare is the vocative of Hari. Hmm? So if I say, Oh, Hari, we say, Hare. Um, so the Goswamis, who have given us some explanation of the Mahamantra, they they find both. The name of Hari is here, the name of God, but also Hara is here. Hmm? The vocative of Hara is Hari, and Hara indicates the Shakti. Hmm? And she who steals away, he who steals away. Hmm? He who steals everything, steals our heart, she steals him. He is lost to her. So she's found in a prominent way in the Mahamantra, given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the form of Hare. And she's also found in the Diksha Mantra that we are also giving out today. Diksha Mantra, when we give Harinam, we are a little generous. After all, how can we be otherwise? Nam is very generous. Hmm? Nam goes even where uninvited. They perform the Sankirtan in the streets and, and waking uh, at night at Srivastaku's house, waking people up. Hmm? And they're complaining. Oh, that Srivastaku, they're always chanting over there hmm, in the middle of the night. So Nam is very aggressive and generous, going everywhere. So if we are commissioned to be a giver of the Nam, we should be a little generous with that. Huh? What shall we look for in terms of what, what will be our marketing price? We have to reach a fair price. The market of the, of the name. Hmm? What did Bhaktivinoda Thakur say? Hmm? He sang, he had a nice song, The Broker. The Broker. Hmm? He, he was a broker. I mean, it means a salesman. Hmm? Selling what? Nam. And what was the price he determined? He's determined the price. Faith. Shraddha. If by your siksha, by your instruction, you can awaken some faith in the efficacy of Nam. Hmm? How by this name, chanting, my life will become perfect. I believe it. I sense it. I want it. Take it. This was his idea. Hmm? Different gurus in the lineage made adjust according to time and circumstance in such a way that they feel that the students will have the best, most regard for Nam and, and, and so on and so forth. But the bottom line um, uh, qualification, purchasing price, is faith. Faith in Nam and faith in the agent, a particular agent, 
who has the power to bless us, to take the nam and guide us uh, in that context, to chant and 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 uh, develop spiritually in a, in a systematic way with um, insight from the sacred text and the logic that conforms with its its import and so forth. Hmm? To go in a systematic way. Therefore, it said, Brahmanda Brahmite Kon Bhagyavan Jeev Guru Krishna Prasadi Pai Bhakti Ladavidya. By the grace of the Krishna, one gets the Guru. By the grace of the Guru, one gets Krishna. Krishna comes to us in a general way, and through the medium of the Guru, he comes to us in a very specific way, a guided journey. Hmm? Hmm. Uh, where we are assured of 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 of, of success, hmm? not to go in a haphazard way, but in a specific way, in a, on a guided guided journey. Hmm? So, while we give the name generously, when we see then the students have, as a result, by the grace of the name, their conceptual orientation. Has, has developed their understanding and so forth, their commitment and so forth, then, then we give the Diksha Mantra. Now, while the Nam Mantra is in the vocative case, the Diksha Mantra, the names of, of Krishna that are found in the Diksha Mantra are all in the dative case. Krishnaya, Govindaya, Gopijanabalabhaya, so to Krishna, to Govinda, not O oh, Krishna, O oh, Govinda, hmm? but to Krishna, to Govinda, to Gopi Janabalava, Swaha, I give myself. Hmm? So, where is Radha found in this Diksha mantra? This, of course, I'm referring to the Gopal mantra, the uh, 18 syllable Krishna mantra, which is the the principle of all uh, Krishna mantras. There are the ten-syllable, the twelve-syllable Krishna mantra. They're all um, derived from the eighteen-syllable mantra. Hmm? The whole um, range of possibilities for rasa in Goloka, from Dwarka to Mathura to to uh, to, to the Braj. Hmm? All found in these in these three names: Krishna, Govinda, Gopi Janabalava. Hmm. So we receive this mantra at the time of diksha, and uh, as we chant, then uh, our the, the relationship with Krishna this is uh, unfolds, hmm. and as it unfolds, then the sambanda is complete. Hmm. When the sambanda, the knowledge, it means like knowledge of relationship. My relationship, my the nature of my relationship with Krishna is revealed. Then I perform bhakti that's fully informed, very well informed bhakti. Not only theoretically but practically. And in, in, in the, this is, then is we call bhava bhakti, fully informed bhakti, that turns the ray of the sun of prema that is bhava into the full sun of prema and the darkness of ignorance is eradicated entirely in all respects and Krishna is, is overwhelmed. Not only is my overwhelmed, hmm, but Krishna becomes overwhelmed then. Hmm? 
by the devotee, by bhakti. So, where is the name of Radha? We come then to the Gopal Tapani to save us, to help us with this. We go to the, that book that sheds light on Gopal, Tapani. Tapani means austerity. Tapani, tap, it, means, it means sacrifice. It means light. Light is compared to knowledge, and knowledge is uh, uh, to move knowledgeably in the world is to, is to be a giver. Hmm? To really know the secret of life is to know that, that, that you give and live. By taking, you die. By giving, you live. The more we take, the, sm- the more our sense of self contracts. The more we give, our sense of self expands. The more we sacrifice, we find ourselves to be bigger. You could be a small-minded person, just living for yourself. Then you enter into a family and you have to think of other people, too. You could become a nationalist and not only think of your own hometown, but the country. And so your sense of self, as you give up, this is the ideal of politics, of course. It's not like that now. I will sacrifice my personal time for the country. Now they... <laughs> They maximize their personal uh, uh, indulgence in the name of serving the country. That's another thing. But it used to be a noble profession. So the, the, the gentleman, uh, as used to be, who would become the president, would put aside his farm. Hmm. There was one president like that. Who was it? Carter. Carter did it. But in ancient times, farther back times, there was one, Truman, I think, or somebody. And then he went back and just became the ordinary farmer that he was. Hmm. He took off for you know four years and served the country. This this is kind of kind of idea. So anyway, the sense of self expands. Now I see myself myself in relation to the nation's needs and the needs of all of the people. Then we go to the planetary you know sense of self. I'm 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 part of the one 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 Earth uh, and so forth. So. In the Krishna consciousness, the idea is to take this. Radha is taking it to the fullest. Fullest measure. Hmm? Fully expanded self. Hmm? You become big in the context of understanding your, 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 your smallness hmm? and sacrificing. So, here uh, we find the, the sacrificer herself hmm? in uh, showing the way. This in Gopal Tapani. She, uh, Radhika, Appears in the Shruti in the, in the ancient text in the Upanishad. She appears, it appears in the in the Rig Veda. I think the uh, what's the Upanishadic name attached to that? Uh, I forget now. But anyway, the Rig Veda, Radha Madhava, hmm, uh, names are mentioned. Uh, we find her in the Krishna Upanishad. Her name is mentioned here in Gopaltapani. She's brought out as the favorite. She's given the name Gandharvika. Hmm? Gandharvi here, but she is the the the, the 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 central figure amongst the milk uh, maidens of Krishna. Hmm? The book is about shedding light on Gopal, how to understand Krishna, the cowherd. What is the practice? What is the sadhana that would reveal him? Hmm? And she, of course, personifies that. And the mantra then that is attached to that sadhana, she must be present in that mantra. This is our point. Hmm. She must be present there. So here Gopal Tapani says, Klim iti etad adho adaya krishnaya 
Govindaya Gopijana Balabhaya Iti Brihad Babanya Sakrit Uchared Yoso Gatistasyasti Mankshu Nanya Gatisyat After speaking, uh, mentioning the principal names of Krishna in the dative case in 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 the mantra, which this book is explaining. This book explains this Gopal mantra in some detail. Hmm? The uh, the Shruti says, one who utters this mantra, even once, concluding with the great daughter of the sun, will attain the supreme destination. He or she will know no other destination. This is rather mystical. Who chants this mantra, concluding with the great daughter of the sun? So, the verse, the mantra concludes with the word swaha, two syllables. And now the word swaha, here in the Upanishad, has been identified with the great daughter of the sun. What does that mean? Hmm? So Bhagavatam, of course, is, brings out, shruti sara may come, it's described. The essence of the shruti, the Upanishads. It's not a smriti, really like the other Puranas, it is, it is the cream, the essence, the saram of the Shruti. So we find in Srimad Bhagavatam that uh, the Jumuna, Kalindi, the goddess of the Jumuna river, is identified as the daughter of the sun. Hmm? Daughter of the sun. And the Jumuna is the, is, is, has a, an, a very, um, esoteric place. She is uh, macrocosmically said to be the Shishumna, the, the, the path that is spoken of in the Gita, the path of leaving the world in the, in the light uh, by which one will never return. There's a secret path, subtle path, that the yogi travels hmm, with the blessing of the different deities of the fire and the light. Hmm and the sun, and so forth. And going at that time, with the blessing of those deities, said, never comes back. Whereas if he leaves the world, and this is in the eighth chapter of the Gita, where Yoga Mishra Bhakti is being described. Hmm? So if the Yoga Mishra Bhakti, the, the, the devotee whose practice is mixed with Astanga Yoga, hmm, leaves at the wrong time, hmm, has to come back. Hmm? But Krishna says, advocating as he does also in the chapter, contrasting, Yoga mixed with bhakti, or bhakti mixed with yoga, and pure bhakti, hmm? which is his advocacy, pure bhakti. So he advocates it directly or indirectly. He's showing, well, yoga means your bhakti, you can go, if you go at the right time. You can get liberty. If you go at the right, you go at the wrong time. That's the problem. Hmm? But who just does unalloyed bhakti, hmm? who cultivates a direct relationship with Krishna, hmm? doesn't have to be concerned about these things. He goes direct. But the Shishumna represents that path macrocosmically and microcosmically also within uh, is the artery. It is said that the self, the soul, goes up and comes out the Brahmarandra. Hmm? If that isn't esoteric enough, then we go to the Brajalila itself and there is the Jamuna circling around the, the Braj. Hmm? It is the daughter of the sun. Is the Shakti Tattva described here as uh, Brihad Bhavani? Brihad Bhavani, 
Bhavana means like um, like sun, light. Brihad means great. Hmm? So the great daughter of the sun, the great daughter of the light. Hmm? Uh, this is Shakti Tattva, and all this Shakti Tattva, hmm? Kalindi, Jamuna, the feminine, uh, all the f- coming from the fountainhead of Shakti, which is Radha. As Krishna is the fountainhead of all Vishnu Tattva, Radhika is the Swayam Shakti. He Swayam Bhagavan, she Swayam Shakti. So whether it's Narayan's consort as Lakshmi, hmm? or Shiva's consort as Parvati, hmm? or even the, uh, Indra's consort as uh, Sachi, these are all partial manifestations of Sri Radha. Hmm? The fountainhead of all Shakti. Hmm? There's one Shakti, Radha, different manifestations for different purposes. This is the, for Krishna will hey, fulfill his purpose. She's the Kriya. By which Krishna does things, by which Brahman does the wonderful things that he does. The power by which he does what he does. They see they're inextricably entwined. So, the indication here is that this is Swaha indicates the Shakti. Hmm? And if we follow this further, we see, ah, it is indicating Radha. She is. Bishabhanu, Barshabhanavi. Hmm? She is Barshabhanavi. Hmm? She is the daughter of Brishabhanu. Brishab means great. And Bhanu, as I said, means light. The great light. This is the name of the Radha's father. Brishabhanu. Barshabhanavi means the daughter of Brishabhanu. And she is Brishabhanu Nandini. Nandini means who gives pleasure. So she gives pleasure to Vishabhanu, to her father, hmm? whose name is a name for God, the great light, Brahman, hmm? the great light, the great illuminator. Hmm? Who gives pleasure to, 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 to Brahman? And Brahman is ultimately Param Brahman. Hmm? Parabrahman, Sri Krishna, as this very Upanishad itself identifies Krishna with, with uh, the full face of Brahman, Satchirananda, hmm, concentrated. So she also Brishabhana, Brishab means also bull, so bull represents the Dharma, hmm? the light of Dharma, this is the Prema Dharma, hmm? the full a fully illumined sense of, 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 of Dharma is the Prema Dharma of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. When, he play, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to, to the Vrindavan, he paid obeisances to the Jamuna. Hmm? Uh, There's a nice verse there. Chaitananda Bhanu, Sadnama, Shuno. He, he, he sang this beautiful verse glorifying the Jamuna. So the daughter of the sun ultimately implies um, this Shakti Tattva that is fully in, embodied in Radha. Therefore, these two syllables that the mantra, the diction mantra concludes with swaha, hmm? this is Radha. So we should give ourselves to Krishna, the mantra says. Give ourselves to Govinda. I give myself to Gopijana Balava. Hmm? Following the lead of, the, of how and how comprehensively she gives herself. Hmm? That's why our sannyas for example, we give the mantra, the sannyas mantra in our sampradaya, it also invokes her. Hmm? 
and it means we become the followers of Radha. We are Gaudiya Vaishnavas. We are the one one sense or to one extent or another. We are the followers of Radha. Hmm? It doesn't matter even Vatsaliras, Sakiras, Dasiras, Madhuras. Still, all following Radha. Hmm? Of course, in Madhurya Ras, the handmaids of Radha are following her very, very closely. Hmm? But the sannyas means to follow Radha, that is Anuradha. Anuradha is another constellation, hmm? like Vishaka, which is the Radha constellation. It means another Radha, but it also means to follow Radha. Hmm? To follow Radha. And, to, and that constellation in the sky is represented by three stars. Three stars that are in a straight line. It's called the staff. Hmm? And the sadhus, they carry the staff. Hmm? This is their power. This is their weapon. This is the rod of chastisement by which they chastise their own mind, their own body and their own words, not allowing them to interact with any sense object or any thought hmm? or say any word hmm? other than to touch a thing to say a word, to think a thought in relation to, to loving Krishna. Hmm? So we are the Anu, Anu Radhas, <laughs> the followers of Radha. This is a powerful kind of staff. Hmm? Uh, that if you punish yourself, uh, you become strong. So some willingness to self-examine oneself and one's motives and so forth. And to keep oneself chaste to Guru and uh, Goranga. So in, in Sri Radhika, we find the extreme example of chastity. There is no better example, even though the nature of Prem, you see, is that it's very deceptive. Love likes, as I say, to share itself, but it also finds out it can't share itself with everybody. Everybody won't appreciate fully. And so then it has to hide itself. So you can't just go in the public and and express all of your intimacy with your significant other. Other people go, uh, could you do that somewhere else? Uh, you know, it's a little... So you have to develop your own language to talk in public hmm, with your lover. And only you and her will know. Hmm? Something like that. It's camouflaged. You say something and people get some meaning from it, but, but your wife or whatever knows, oh, there's a hidden meaning. There's a joke in there or there's something... They can understand the language. Hmm? So Prem is like this. It said it's pure but crooked at the same time. Therefore, Radha sometimes appears to be against Krishna. Keep him out of here. Hmm? In Alila, she appears to be married to another. Of course, that's a partial manifestation of Krishna, that other. But it appears to be married to another for the sake of parakya, hmm? that the love may be more intense. So the appearance is like, well, she's not like Lakshmi, chased to Narayan. Hmm? But it said that once Krishna wanted to bring out the chastity of Radha. Hmm? So he developed a fever and fell sick. And Mother Yasoda was so concerned. Hmm? And then and nobody could, no Ayurvedic doctor could find a cure. And so... So, so Krishna manifests himself as an Ayurvedic doctor, a very special one. Hmm? He said, I am from such and such, and I can 
I think let me let me let me examine the, the, the diseased here. And ah, I understand what what is the problem. It's too complex to talk about, but I will tell you the solution. Hmm? The solution, the cure for this disease is that you must bring water in a porous pot. You must bring water in a pot that has holes in it. Hmm? And that water, if you pour it on his head, eh, the fever will be cured. So everybody kind of looked around and said, uh, how do you bring water in a porous pot hmm? from, from the Jamuna, which is a little distance. So obviously by the time you fill it up and the time you get back, there's not going to be any water in there. So the doctor, Krishna said, oh, it can be done, uh, but it can only be done by the most chaste lady of the community. <laughs> Who's ever the most chaste lady, she will have the power to do that. And so Krishna said, I think, uh, who did he choose? He chose Jatila or her daughter? Jatila. Jatila is the, the so-called mother-in-law of Krishna. Oh, I think she must be the most chaste. She's always looking after the chastity of all the ladies. <laughs> very concerned about that. She's very preoccupied with that. So obviously, she must be the most chaste lady. Give her the porous pot and take it to the Jamuna and bring us back the water. Krishna's life is depending on you. And uh, she was uh, concerned that uh, if I bring it, I don't know. <laughs> she couldn't do it. She, 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 she said, uh, there must be somebody more chaste than me. <laughs> Look Look around. Hmm? Everybody was shocked. What to do? And Krishna, as the doctor said, let me see. I think, what about that one over there? I think she's chased. And everybody, her? <laughs> Jatila goes, oh my God, no way. Hmm? She's supposed to be married to my son and I, I, have, I am so suspicious of her. There are so many signs that that black snake Krishna is coming in and stealing her away and rendezvousing with her. I haven't caught him, caught him naked, uh, caught him right out. But but I, uh, there's every indication that uh, uh, I'm watching her like a hawk. Hmm? <laughs> Krishna, as the doctor said, I, I think she can do it. Hmm. Sent her to the Jamuna and Radha's thinking, oh, now what will become of me? Now it'll I'll be exposed that I'm not chaste. She pulled the water in, brought it back didn't fall out, poured it on Krishna's head, then the fever receded. So it's a nice story to tell from the Leela of the chastity of, of Radhika. It may look like one thing, but it's another thing. And the idea is that when that love is so full, so pranai, so complete, such a complete unification, unity and so forth, that it starts to look like it's not love. Because if we really... Don't get in the middle of a lover's quarrel. That's not a good idea. Mm -hmm. You'll think it's a quarrel. It's actually love. Hmm? They feel strongly enough to quarrel with one another. Hmm? Something like that. Not a thing to get in the middle of. So, in this way, um, we find this Radhanam hmm? in the Mahamantra and in the Diksha Mantra also. And so we've spoken about it at some length. And this on the day of Radhastami the autumnal equinox as it is, and with that we'll um, end our discussion and proceed with giving the Mahamantra and attendant uh, 
items and the Diksha Mantra to our students this morning.